we're working our way through the solas of the Reformation. That Latin word sola means alone or only. And we've talked about salvation being by grace alone. So God's riches at Christ's expense. We've talked about that being a gift that we cannot possibly earn because it's not just God forgiving our sins, it's God demeaning Himself and emptying Himself of everything it is to be God in order to take our place and receive what is justly ours on the cross. We've talked about that Him doing that means that salvation is only through Christ alone. So Christ is the way we know God, for He is God in the flesh. Not only speaking words of truth to us, but being the word of truth come among us. And now tonight I want to talk about faith alone. By faith alone. The Reformers added those, that language of alone to emphasize the importance of each of the five pillars of the Reformation. And they really all boil down to Christ alone. But the most famous passage of Scripture, of course, that would tie it all together from a Lutheran perspective would be Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You are saved by grace through faith that none may boast. Now, Luther was an amazing guy at teaching these central truths. Um, He was a big personality. You get this a little bit in the Luther movie. He was a really big personality. I mean, he made Donald Trump look like a piker. I mean, just, you know, I mean... He was the kind of person who could not only joust with the finest theological minds of his day and go toe-to-toe with them, but he was so amazing because he was also a parish pastor his whole life and he could talk plain speak with other people. In fact, some of the best stuff we have from Luther were were words he spoke to students over a a mug of beer. Those are called his table talks. And um, his students wrote down notes while he talked. (laughs) And um, was actually the conversations he had with his barber. Um, his barber was a guy who was very afflicted, went through a lot of stuff in his life, and when Luther would go to get his hair cut, they, he would talk to him about the Word of God. And one time he was trying to explain Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 to this gentleman, and he's saying to him, you know, it's just, you have to understand, you're saved by grace through faith. He says, what do you mean faith? Well, you have to believe the promises of God. So I don't need to go and do this? Because when you see the Luther movie, you'll see that there's like a place in there when when Luther went to Rome, which he had dreamed of doing his whole life. um, He found that it was just kind of a money changer's hole. Um, And so in order to... I I can't remember what was whether to get his own sins forgiven or those of a dead relative, but he had to go step by step up the steps to St. Peter's Basilica and he was crawling up on his knees along with hundreds of other pilgrims. You pay money at the bottom of the steps. Each prayer, each step, you crawl up one step, you say a prayer, you kiss the step, you go up to the next step and you do this all the way to the top. And at the top then, whoever sins you are waiting to have forgiven are forgiven. So his barbers ask him, so I don't have to do stuff like that? No, you don't have to do stuff like that. Well, do I have to, do I have to go and do these other things? And he kept going through a list of things and Luther kept saying, no, no, Christ has done it all. And 
In saying this, he was really just repeating not just the Bible, especially St. Paul, but also the church fathers. Those first three, four hundred years of the church, where the church had to be absolutely clear about what it believed because it was being fed to lions because they believed it. Um, And the barber finally says, so I don't have to do anything? Nope. You mean I just have to believe? Yep. The barber gets real quiet for a minute and he says, Nope. It can't be that easy. And Luther looked at him and said, You think faith is easy? No one's going to give me an amen. (laughs) Faith is hard. Faith is hard. Faith is hard, though, not because faith is hard, but because we're hard. We're hardened. We, can't, we're, we live in a broken world, and people do lousy things to us. And so we put up our barriers, and we get hardened. And then we go and do lousy things back to them, and we get harder. And little by little... Our, our heart's like, a, is like it's made out of stone. This is why the, Jesus must say to the prophet Jeremiah, I'm going to take your hearts of stone. God must say to the prophet Jeremiah, I'm going to take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Faith is hard. So we're going to talk a little bit tonight about faith because it, it's more than what we typically think of in church. In classic Reformed perspective, and I think this is probably shared by the Roman Catholics, I don't know for sure, I'll ask Father Mike in two weeks, Um, but there's three aspects to faith. There's three ways of thinking about faith, and they're progressive. So the first level, whoops, first level of, uh, let's see, first day with a new set of feet. Um, the The first level of faith is called notitia, which is the Latin word for knowledge. You have to know something. You have to know about something to believe in it. This is where St. Paul says in Romans 10, how will they believe if no one preaches to them? If no one tells them the story. So from the time, from the very first time someone told you, probably before you remember, that God is love, maybe they taught you the Lord's Prayer, maybe they taught you a little bit about Jesus, all the stuff we've done with our Sunday school, trying to teach the kids... This is to build their knowledge little by little. And we've all got a long way to go in knowledge. We will all die with lots of stuff to learn about God. So that growth happens your whole life. Um, Luther said, you know, that the Bible is is like a a mighty forest. And he said, and all I've gotten to do is shake a few trees in it. (laughs) There's always more for us to learn So in some ways, that's the simplest way. That's the simplest level of faith, is simply learning the knowledge. Learning who God is through Jesus Christ. Learning what He said. Learning some of the great stories of what God's done throughout salvation history. The next level gets a little step harder. And this is a census, or consent. And um, that's really saying that, yes, it's not just true in the generic sense, but it's true for me. So I'm going to tell a couple little stories to help us put some flesh on these concepts tonight. Um, Imagine that you've been caught and convicted of something um, just horrendous in terms of what the fine you're going to pay is. You're being fined a tremendous amount. If you can't pay the fine, you're going to jail. And there's no possible way you can pay the fine. 
and you're standing there in the courtroom and you're waiting to be sentenced and in comes Uncle John. Now Uncle John, you haven't seen since you were a little kid. He's not really your uncle. It's just what you were taught to to call him because he's an old friend of the family. And you know, what you know about Uncle John is that he's loaded. Okay? And he comes in and he's impeccably dressed and he comes up to you as you stand there in the dock and puts his arm around you and says, look, I heard from the family about what you're going through here and if you can't pay the fine, you have to go to jail. I know you don't have the money, but you know I have the money. Can I pay your fine? So what do you say? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's consent. Yes, Jesus Christ died on the cross. Yes, he was truly God and truly man. And yes, he's not just the Lord and Savior, he's my Lord and Savior, okay? That's assent. And for some people, there's a moment. My brother's like that. He He can tell you the day and the moment when he can believed in Jesus Christ as his Savior. Um, for me, it kind of grew. I'm kind of like C.S. Lewis when he said, at the beginning of a bike ride, he, one day he took a bike ride, at the beginning of the bike ride, Jesus wasn't Lord, and by the end he was. I don't, he didn't know what happened in the middle. But however your experience of that is, that's the next level of consent. But it's still not the highest level. And this is what makes faith so hard. The last level of faith is fiducia. Probably, if you, if you know money, it means where we get the word fiduciary from. It means trust. Trust. Because, and this is so hard because we do live in a fallen world and in a fallen world where people are hurting people, where even nature has, has been set loose because of our sin and can hurt us. It's not always easy to see the work of a loving God. All of us have had the experience of a trusted friend turning on us and betraying us. We've had the experience of of losing a loved one at an unexpected time. We've lost a job after years and years of pouring our best out for the company. A year from retirement, Not only do we lose our job, but we lose our pension. We sign up to be a soldier thinking that we'll be a hero. We become a prisoner of war. We get that diagnosis when we go to the doctor that we didn't expect, and we're left going, God, where are you? Luther wasn't immune to this. Luther wasn't immune to this. Understand, Luther lived most of his life under a death sentence. You'll see in the movie. I'm pushing the movie. Come to the movie. (laughs) Um, You'll see in the movie, at one point, he's coming home from a debate with with the uh, prelate, um, and he's going through the woods, and he gets kidnapped. Armed raiders come out of the forest and they grab him and they throw a bag over his head and they they rip him off off his horse and they carry him off and you think this is, this is the end for dear Martin. No, it's his friends. His friends kidnapped him because there were death squads out looking for him. There was a price on his head. So they kidnap him, squirrel him away in Wittenberg Castle for a while. That's actually why we have modern translations of the Bible. Luther was so bored he started translating the Bible into German. Which he believed he should do, but now he was freed up from his other duties and had time to do it. <laughs> um, this, you know... 
all that sacrifice for the sake of proclaiming what he believed was true based on the authority of Scripture and the church fathers. And at 17 years old, his daughter Magdala dies of typhoid. And we, we know from the records what happened. When, as he held her hand when she died, he threw herself over her body and he was weeping and he said, Magdala, Magdala, how wonderfully it has turned out for you. He knew that his daughter was with God forever. Yet his pain as a parent was real. And so he ended up writing a letter to a friend saying, please praise God for me because I can't right now. He didn't doubt the goodness of God, but he couldn't feel it at that time. And this is why he would, he would say throughout his life, if you want to know about God's love for you, don't look at your situation. Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles. <laughs> you look at the cross where God Himself hangs in the flesh for your sake and you know how much God loves you because you know what He was willing to do for you. Trust. To learn about God, to consent that, and say that that knowledge is true and then to trust that knowledge through the ups and downs of life. Not based on no evidence, but based on the resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God. That's faith. Well, Luther's critics, of course, said, well, you don't care at all about kingdom work. You, you've said it's faith and no works. You don't care at all about the work of the kingdom. Not true. Not true. See, while we may be saved by grace alone, in Christ alone, through faith alone, the faith that saves is never alone. Does anybody in here believe in gravity? I bet you all do. And I can tell you why. Because you've all been acting like it's true. I didn't see anyone coming in here like this, holding on to the pews, hoping they were not going to slide away. <laughs> when you believe something's true, you naturally act upon it. We, may, we are saved by faith alone. We don't earn our place in God's kingdom but the faith that saves is never alone. And so we live as kingdom people out of gratitude for the great gift we have been given and in obedience to the one we call Lord and Savior. And I heard a great story about this um, a long time ago. Um, just going to wrap up by sharing. Um, there's always been daredevils. Always been daredevils. And daredevils like attention. They get it on YouTube now. My kids watch things like, what was that one that you guys watched that one time? The redneck bungee jump or redneck slingshot? <laughs> they took bungee cables, they tied them to two trees, and then these guys tied it around themselves and they took off on a four-wheeler until the bungee cables snapped and then they, they flew out. <laughs> There have always been daredevils, okay? Um, and daredevils, of course, what has to happen is you always have to take it up the next step to get attention because you can't get attention at the same level that the last stunt was done. So back in the day, before YouTube... Oh, um, Dude Perfect, is that where they did that one? See? Dude Perfect. <laughs> You're probably right. Um, 
in any event, when you have these kind of things happen, back in the day before YouTube, one of the, one of the very famous things was to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. I learned about this from Rocky and Bullwinkle. You know, Bullwinkle's going over in the barrel and Rocky has to fly in and catch him. But, um, so this is back, you know, in the, the late 1800s and people are gathered and so the first guy goes over in a barrel, well, the next guy has to go over in a smaller barrel. And the next guy has to go over in two barrels lashed together. And they're always trying to do, one, some guy's probably holding something as he goes over or whatever. Everyone's trying to do something to get more attention than the last guy. Well, eventually barrels become passe. So they start to string a high rope across the falls so someone could go high rope walking. Um, now, has anybody ever been to Niagara Falls in here? Yeah, you, the water goes over the waterfall. What, what happens to the air above the, above the waterfall? You've been there and you can like, the wind's going like this up in your face. So that rope's kind of swaying. So this is a good daredevil routine. Well, the first guy goes over and he's got the long stick for balance. So he's holding that as he walks across. Well, the next person gets a shorter stick. Next guy gets an even shorter stick. The next guy tries to do it without a stick at all. He doesn't make it. Um... So they need something for balance. So the next, the next guy in line is saying, what am I going to do to get across th- these falls? I know what I'll do. I'll push, I'll push a wheelbarrow. And so he's going to push a wheelbarrow across the, the, the rope. Well, um, when, when people set up to do these stunts, it always gathers a crowd. And they're always yelling at you. So the guy's up on the top of the building. He's getting ready to go across the falls. And he's, he's there with the wheelbarrow. And the crowd is gathered. And they're all shouting, Don't do it! The last guy died! You're not going to make it! Don't do it! Don't do it! Well, and then there's one guy in the, in the crowd with a slightly different perspective. In fact, he's got double vision because he just rolled out of the bar at 7 a.m. And he's looking up and he says, Don't listen to him! He says, What? He said, Don't listen to him! You can do it! I believe it! He says, You believe it, huh? Oh yeah! I believe in you! You can do it, buddy! He looks down and says, You believe it? You believe in me? Yep! Get up here! Get in the wheelbarrow! <laughs> if, we, if we believe in Jesus Christ, we're going to get in His wheelbarrow. <laughs> we're going to do kingdom things, not, not to earn our place, but because He's asked us to. And He's our Lord and Savior. So, let us join together in a word of prayer. Blessed Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You that You have saved us by Your grace through faith in Your Son, Jesus. And we ask that You would make us kingdom people. Help us to keep our eyes focused on You. That we would always remember all that You have done for us. And when the downs of this life Make us, in our hardness of heart, doubt your goodness. Keep our eyes fixed upon your cross. For it is there that we most truly see the love you have for us and know that you are our God. We ask these things in the name of him who hung on that cross, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.